You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, Chris O'Brien is back this week. He missed last week's episode for reasons he'll explain in just a moment, as he's already outlined on our other show after the Paracast. But last week, we had a terrific episode. Kurt Collins was the last-minute guest co-host. We featured Red Pill Junkie with some just amazing discussions, which filtered into After the Paracast and also formed the basis of the editorial in the Paracast newsletter, perhaps the best newsletter we've ever had. Chris, welcome back. What kept you away last week? Well, just kind of an emergency. I you know, had a good friend who you know, received a new kidney about uh, eight months ago and uh, just having a hard time fighting an infection. So I ended up having to take him to the hospital. He's still there and uh, just hoping for the best. Of course, you can tell our listeners who this person is because he is someone whom our listeners should know. Yeah, Clifford uh, Mahoudi, my Zuni friend. Well, we and, certainly uh, hope he gets better. Erstwhile funny man. He's not feeling very funny right now. Well, we well understand that, and hopefully he'll be feeling a lot better real soon now. Yep. In the meantime, last week we brought out something which is probably not original, but it has fueled a lot of fascinating discussion, and that is the possible relationship between UFO abductions and near-death experiences. In both cases, seeing some other place interpreted in different ways. And something I hadn't thought about, but then if you look at it, it seems perfectly logical. Chris? Um, yeah, it does. Um, I've always felt that there was some commonalities between um, what appear to be, you know, completely separate uh, experiences or you know categories of experiences. And I've always had a sense that there's uh, there's a, a deep underlying connecting point at some on some level. And uh, I think any thinking that's done along those lines could be quite uh, fruitful and uh, might bear bear some results. See, the problem right now with investigations is that they're put into categories, which seems sensible. If you have a near-death experience or you are on the operating table, for example, you stop breathing and you have these visions or whatever it is, you look at them and say, well, I was dead clinically and therefore this is a near-death experience. But then when you encounter some kind of creature, maybe while you were asleep or when you're in an altered state of consciousness, you figure it's not a near-death experience because you weren't dead. Therefore, maybe it's E.T., maybe it's some kind of other creature, other being. And that's why we have this sort of separation. But it may be here that it's not the means to the altered state of consciousness, but the end result. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You should never throw anything out uh, or factor anything in. I think we should all be open-minded and creative and think out of the box a little bit. And it's always good to find and look for and find uh, commonalities and connecting points. And when you're comparing any uh, two sets of, of you know data, experiences, categories of experience or what have you, and to me it's, it's a no-brainer that there's that there's, it's highly possible that there are some connecting points between these two seemingly divergent uh, phenomena. But you have to have a more expansive view of mysteries around us. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you attribute something to ET, 
you're putting it in a box. As soon as you say this is a near-death experience because I was clinically dead, and therefore maybe I saw heaven or the way station between here and heaven, I'm putting it in a box. Yeah. So, take it out of the box. Well, that's the whole point. And that's the problem <laughs> with investigating subjects like this. We are so quick to find a place where they must fit. And once they fit in those categories, like UFOs must be spaceships, as soon as we fit them into the category of UFOs being spaceships, we can't look at other possibilities. And we're not necessarily dismissing the possibility of UFOs and spaceships, mind you. Yeah. Yeah, but again, you, you just, until we have enough data to really come up with a solid, concrete answer that's, you know, irrefutable, nobody really knows for sure. So, you know, we always have to keep open minds about all this stuff. And I know we sound like broken records constantly harping on this, but it's true. And, and especially people coming in, into the field, uh, maybe newbies who really don't have the the um, the background and haven't read all the books, haven't kept up on on the cases, and and you know they're they're st- struggling to bring themselves up to speed, and you know unfortunately too many of them rely on the media and uh, especially television, and you're just you're going to get such a skewed view of all this type of of phenomenal information <laughs> if you think Hollywood is the end all to be all in terms of your educational process. I I just you know. I'm I'm sad to tell you that uh, unfortunately, you know, shows like this and 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 reading books and and getting yourself up to speed, uh, finding authors and smart people that um, make sense, you know, and and really absorbing absorbing their work and and reaping the benefit of their of their insight and the quality of the and the depth of their thinking. You just can't you can't allow the media to be, you know, your <laughs> Your educational system, it's just too trite, it's too shallow, it, it cuts too many corners, it generalizes, and it, it panders to, you know, the pop cultural beliefs that uh, it's partially and, and almost, I think, almost exclusively responsible for creating in the first place. So anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Well, part of the problem here is also the evidence may indeed be out there, but we're putting it in a box that maybe it doesn't fit in that box. So until or unless we look at that evidence with a more expansive possibility or simply take it as it is and see where it fits rather than say, well, this must be the UFO and this must be the near-death experience and this must be the ghost and this must be the Bigfoot. If we don't look into the possibility that some of these things might be related if we don't lock them down. No. Well, I think, you know, our, our guest this week, uh, Chris Rutowski, is a, a perfect example of somebody who is healthily skeptical, but open-minded and, and interested enough and motivated enough to actually do some, uh, some real quality work. And, and although it's all grounded in science and grounded in, in very objective, uh, you know, healthily skeptical, kind of a, that sort of a perspective and viewpoint, um, his work is invaluable. And, and there's, there's few people... Uh, <laughs> That you know, I can say that about up in Canada. I mean, he's he's really kind of a he's a real pillar of um, of I think integrity and objectivity up there. And and it's it's great to have him on the show because I, I learn a lot every time he's on. He's uh, he's quite quite a brilliant guy. And and we need more people like that. We need more people who are willing to 
you know, claim their skeptic skeptical side, but at the same time not close themselves down uh, and lock doors behind them and and become part of the problem, not part of any potential solution. Yeah, when well, we discussed last week's episode with Red Pill Junkie, there were two parts to it. Of course, there was the part on the Paracast, and the second part, where he went on for another 35 minutes or so, more information about his theory about near-death experiences and UFO abductions and other things, he continued that in the After the Paracast podcast. And there's only one way for you to get that show, and that's to subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S dot thepowercast.com. So we give you After the Paracast. We have a little chat room there that we might turn into special events one of these days. We're working on video content, and we also give you the ad-free version of this show. We take out 41 minutes of network commercials. We encode it at a higher bit rate so it sounds better. You get all that with the Paracast Plus. And if you subscribe to a year or five years, you get a copy of Chris O'Brien's Stalking the Tricksters, the ebook version. In PDF formats, you don't even need a Kindle to read it. Really, it's great. Plus.thepowercast.com. Plus.thepowercast.com. Chris Rutkowski is going to be here in just a moment with Gene and Chris. And I guess we call him KK for this episode with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there is the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Okay, open your mouth and say ah. Ah. Uh. 
When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say-Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast this week, and our friend Mr. O'Brien is back under the original name of KK because we have another Chris, Chris Rutkowski who we bring on the show every so often to bring us a reality check about UFOs and related mysteries. We kind of need that reality check because things get kind of crazy and wacky all the time. And also for those of you who think there are no more sightings, if you look at Chris's site, you find there are constant barrages of sighting, especially in Canada. In fact, I'm going to ask you about that right now because we've been seeing that the last few years, larger numbers of cases... Is that because more people are seeing or looking for things, or is it just that the number of cases is higher? Well, that's a, a good question, and uh, I think it's a combination of, of those two plus a few more factors. There's no question that it's uh, certainly a lot easier now to report your sightings uh, than a number of years ago because, you know, the... Uh, you can go online and type in, you know, report UFO sighting. And there's a lot of websites that'll do that. I think people are spending a little more time, believe it or not, instead of looking down at their phones, there are people who spend some time looking up and, and maybe they've been looking down at their phones too, so long that looking up they'll see something. So I think there's a, a factor there as well. Uh, but there are, of course, more things up there. I mean, the number of satellites that are being launched and uh, breaking apart and so forth are certainly... That number is increasing. There's more aircraft that are being 
sent out there. So I think there certainly are more and more things. And of course, with the advent of drones and uh, uh, all other paraphernalia that are being sent up uh, in local areas, I think there are more things to be seen. But I think the fact is that people really are puzzled by what they're seeing in the sky. And if they're not used to it, they'll report it. Do we see because we have drones and all these things that there are more false positives, more things being reported that turn out to be conventional? Drones is a good example where, in theory, there are a lot of drones out there, and that's certainly possible what people are seeing. But we do really get few reports of drones. Uh, I like Chinese lanterns. There's no question that a lot of cases are Chinese lanterns. That doesn't mean that every case is a Chinese lantern. In fact, there are cases where lights are seen that don't have the characteristics of Chinese lanterns, but it's assumed they're Chinese lanterns because you know, it occurred during a festival of some sort and, and people thought that that's what was being seen. Same thing with drones. No question that drones are a good explanation for more and more cases. There's more and more going up there. People are flying them without authorization over places they shouldn't be flying them. There's near misses with aircraft. There's people flying drones outside of apartment buildings. So there's no question that drones can explain a lot of cases. But there are other characteristics of UFOs that are being reported that are very undrone-like, uh, like noiseless, for example, uh, like uh, behaving in fashions where uh, they will move uh, and dart about, but they're being flown at night in treed areas and uh, in areas where you know it would be very tough to to fly a drone. You know these things cost a lot of money. I don't know if I'd be flying my drone around uh, areas where they might get damaged and, and fall apart. So, right. well, you know, or at yeah. night. Just flying at night is, is, could, could be very hazardous to your technology's health. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, no question people do that. But just because they, there certainly are drones out there being flown at night doesn't mean that that's what UFOs are explainable as. But it's certainly adding to a lot of the confusion. It's certainly something that uh, people investigating UFOs have to take into account now. Well, if Amazon starts sending drones to bring you a copy of a book or something, or a router yes. for your computer, <laughs> they're going to be all yeah. over the place. Yeah, absolutely. I could just wait for that. Now, I had noticed some time back that you were listed among the members of the Roswell Slides Research Group. Yep. How did you get sucked into that? <laughs> well, you know, I was originally part of the Dream Team itself. Yeah, uh, whatever happened to the Dream Team? Yeah, well, you know, they got pretty... Became the nightmare team. No, I was actually invited um, uh, quite a long time ago by Kevin Randall to join uh, Carrie and so forth when they started on this venture. And then uh, after some exchange of, of correspondence, I, I never heard from, from anyone again. And it turns out that uh, when the Dream Team, uh, or the, the true Dream Team, came forward with uh, their announcement that they were going to have the, the slides on display... Uh, my name wasn't listed among them. So somewhere along the way, they dropped me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure, sure what happened there. I was never actually shown the slides. And when people started talking about the, the Dream Team you know, coming forward with the slides, I got all the questions. So I started being curious about this. And I noticed the discussions on Facebook and elsewhere. And I joined in and um, was very confused as to why this thing was being pushed when it was so obviously a mummy and uh, joined in the discussion with that uh, at a very early stage. And along the way, I got uh, brought into the, the inner circle of the not-so-dream team uh, of the Roswell Slides. Uh, <laughs> the, the Nightmare team. Club. The nightmare <laughs> Club, yeah. And, of course, that's morphed into the Puerto Rican Club, but that's another, uh, another case altogether. We heard about that from Kurt Collins last week. Is there anything more you can tell us about that? 
Well, no, I think um, Isaac Coy has uh, just recently, over the past couple of days, published uh, a manifesto that's probably as long as the uh, uh, SCU report itself, going into detail as to uh, what's seen frame by frame and how do we deal with it and how do we explain it and how do we describe what's going on, um, which is a very thorough analysis. And that's just started over the past couple of days. So over the, the coming weeks, we'll, people will start contributing to that and we'll see a little bit more. Um, well, why don't you uh, describe think- for some of our listeners who may not be up to speed on that particular uh, piece of visual evidence uh, or alleged visual evidence? Why don't you give them a little thumbnail on that? Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, um, there was a uh, video that uh, began circulating uh, in ufology circles Um of uh, a infrared uh, video or a video taken with an infrared uh, camera uh, of uh, an object moving over the skies in Puerto Rico and it passed over an airfield and uh, a number of other prominent locations and it appeared to be moving very quickly and the interpretation was that this was an unexplained object that it was not a plane or balloon or bird or anything and a group of individuals um, among them Rich Hoffman and a few others, uh, produced a very, very detailed report um, uh, under the guise of uh, a group called SCU, uh, Scientific, uh, what was that again? Scientific something of ufology. Anyways, they produced a very long report analyzing this video and some of the, the, uh, the what's been said about it, uh, saying that it doesn't have the characteristics of, of any conventional object and in fact, uh, it's at one point, or actually several points in the video, it appears to uh, fly down uh, uh, into uh, and, uh, the water over the ocean and out again a few times, uh, which is something impossible uh, by conventional craft. Uh, and, and towards the end of the video, it actually splits in two. Uh, so their interpretation isn't that it's identified as a spacecraft, it's just that they say that it has no characteristics of anything conventional. Uh, and they, they back it up with a lot of scientific uh, terminology and uh, um, interpretation by experts. Uh, and they've sort of presented it as a, a, you know, a test case of what can be done regarding a, a really good uh, evidential video of a UFO. We'll have uh, more about this particular Puerto Rican case and other subjects. We also have lots of questions for our listeners to ask of our guest, Chris Rutkowski. So there's a lot of room to cover here with Gene and with KK. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. 
AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet guy. I am so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend at GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. When we use Chris under his real name, Chris O'Brien's real name, the voice he does for the PowerCast changes. And a little bit later, I'll give you a hint here, we're going to see how Chris Rutkowski does it, but not now. We don't want to explain. Anything else you can tell us about this Puerto Rican case before we move on? Uh, No, other than the fact that uh, it's being uh, dissected 
uh, bit by bit by a, a new group parallel to the Roswell Slides group. And uh, the reviews aren't completely positive. Um, not that they did anything wrong, it's just that it doesn't appear to be as unexplainable as purported. In fact, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that it could, in fact, be some kind of mylar balloon or actually more than one mylar balloon. In fact, there's one possibility that it could actually be pelicans. And this goes back to pelicanism and the old days of ufology where people were uh, claiming to be birds of one sort or another. But it's interesting to see the debate rage on. I don't know where it's going to go. To me, it simply does look like a, a balloon uh, or cluster of balloons. And, uh, you know, that's without, you know, having any technical expertise in analyzing uh, how infrared cameras work. So we'll see where that goes. How many of you are involved in this? Exact same people as the Roswell Slides group or just a few of the same? Again, the list has just been formulated over the past couple of days. It looks to be almost the same as the uh, as the Roswell Slides group with one or two dropouts and add-ins. Uh, I think Ted Rose in this group. I don't think he was in the Roswell Slides group originally. Uh, but it's, you know, about a half dozen to, uh, to ten or so. And it's just people who are really fascinated with the subject with open minds. Tim Printy, again, uh, uh, an art skeptic as part of this group as he was with the uh, with the slides group. Uh, you know, Kurt and uh, Isaac and a number of others. So there's a good group of people who are have a lot of knowledge behind them. And they I would call them uh, maybe skeptical objectivists or... Uh, or unbiased skeptics, perhaps, uh, where, you know, we're not necessarily out to debunk anything, and all with the exception of Tim Printy, maybe, but certainly people who are trying to figure out what is actually being reported and what's, what was actually seen, to trying to get to the bottom of what really is going on. And ultimately, that's the whole point of, of serious ufology and, and uh, investigative ufology, trying to understand what it is that people are seeing and reporting. There's some discussion about the provenance, and I go on about provenance uh, a few times in, in my discussions, uh, about the origin of the video. How did we get the video? How, how did ufology get a hold of an infrared uh, video taken by apparently uh, somebody with Homeland Security? I mean, how, how does that work? Uh, that we could be in possession of such a video, who took it, and uh, uh, how come we can't actually talk to the original pilot, the original uh, photographer, and so forth. So uh, there's some concern about uh, uh, where the video came from, and uh, it's, uh, you know, we have to go through all this process in order to ascertain the uh, the factual information regarding a, a case. Otherwise, it's uh, just something that's claimed that we want to really understand what is being yeah. reported so that when the scientific community comes to, uh, you know, to look at the case, if they ever do, we can say these are the answers to all the questions you might have. In effect, the Roswell Slides Group and now the Puerto Rican Group are, I suppose, the, the true liaison between the scientific community and uh, uh, ufology in that... Uh, this is sort of the intermediate step to take before it goes to the scientific community and say, yes, there really is some evidence uh, for UFOs, and this is what uh, you need to look at. So why has it taken almost 70 years to get to this point? Shouldn't this have been done back in 1950? Uh, it I don't think it could have been done in 1950 because we didn't have the expertise. There, people didn't have the capability of the technology back then. We didn't have access to the report files uh, in the 1950s. Those were really uh, in the uh, uh, you know really in the hands of uh, the military and and the government. Certainly, there were civilian UFO groups, but most of the civilian UFO groups were uh, composed not 
really of, uh, of a lot of scientific uh, individuals, uh, but you know there were some people involved. But uh, the by and large, the civilian UFO groups were um, you know people who were in basically laymen and, and laywomen that that really didn't have a, a good grasp of what was seeing. The aeronautical expertise wasn't there. The electronic, the flight engineering, that all that type of thing simply didn't exist. We certainly had more by, let's say, the 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, coincidentally, as the dawn of the Internet uh, broke upon us in the, in the 80s and into the 90s. We were able to have the average citizen use computers to crunch numbers and, and look at videos and, and so forth. So it really took uh, technological uh, advancements to the point where we have you know, anybody uh, can download programs to analyze software, to analyze videos, to analyze photographs right now, in the sense that, you know, there also is the technology to fake it. There also is the technology to uh, to analyze it. And it's the hands of the average person sitting in their basement or, or attic uh, in front of a computer. So anyone has the ability to uh, do some decent analysis and good uh, scientific work. Well, that's certainly a healthy change. And I like to see this continue. Do you think there'll be sequels to this, that this particular group, the Roswell Slides group, or as we call it, the topic that shall not be named, <laughs> and the Puerto Rican group, do you think that will morph into something more permanent? I think that, that you'll see a dedicated group of individuals, and, and I don't know what it would look like, whether they're going to be holding their own conferences or, or whatnot, of people who are... I know, really looking uh, intently and analyzing the heck uh, out of some of the UFO cases. Uh, it's interesting, there is a parallel in, I guess, ghost hunting. Uh, you know, there is the pop ghost hunting stuff that you see on TV and on all the videos. But when you go to paranormal conferences, there's usually not quite a dead dog session, but there's a, a number of sessions where some of the serious paranormal investigators sit around together and show off their best evidence uh, to each other, usually in a, in a hotel room somewhere, um, usually accompanied by a lot of liquid uh, imbibing. But they show it off to each other, and the purpose is for each other to tear each other's uh, evidence apart so that uh, you know we're, what's left is only the really, really good cases. And usually uh, what happens is not much is left after most sessions like that. There really isn't anything like that in ufology yet, although it does seem that we're seeing the beginnings of this. Uh, right now in ufology, there's a term that uh, has been kicked around in uh, philosophy called metamodernism. And I would say Why don't you say that again so we can write it down? <laughs> it's called metamodernism. Okay. And some people are familiar with the term modernism as an art and postmodernism as an art and a few other things. Philosophers are of the opinion that we've now progressed into what's called metamodernism. So in modernism, um, there are um, discussions and theories proposed about the, the nature of reality and uh, how art works and and people sort of appreciate it and they look at at what's been produced by who's ever talking about it or or producing it and uh, they can debate it they can discuss it but in general things are being discussed as giving a statement about about what's going on in postmodernism um, what happens is that you look at who is doing the the presenting uh, why has somebody said such a thing why is that 
particular building shaped like that? Uh, why is uh, that poem structured like that? And you look at uh, who's saying it. Did the person have a reason? Is, a, is there a political reason why that poem uh, was phrased that way? Why that artwork uh, was, you know, set up outside a, a post office or, or whatever? You know, what was the person's goal in doing that? And it was that, uh, you know, people have some meaning behind their theories. In metamodernism, and this is a movement throughout all of art and culture right now, it's anything goes. Everyone is an expert, everyone has a say, and everyone's right. It's, it's political correctness gone completely awry. It sounds so, like political correctness to the nth degree. To the nth degree. It becomes degree. So, so correct that everything is correct. But let's get into more of this in a couple of moments, or maybe not. <laughs> let's not be politically correct because of the show this is. Chris Rutkowski joins Gene and KK. Ming the Merciless says we will be back after these messages. You are in the Paracast, Flash Gordon, and you will suffer. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people grow. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. Libertyoncall.org is a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Libertyoncall.org. Call today. No! 
That's the sound your brain makes when you realize you're buying something and forgot the coupon. Online or in a store, knowing that you're missing a deal is the worst. You need the app from Retail Me Not right now. Get thousands of coupons from 50,000 stores like Kohl's, Domino's, Best Buy, and more with crazy deals like 60% off, free shipping, and free gifts with purchase. You can get a text invite to download the Retail Me Not app 100% free right now for Apple or Android. Just text the code UPDATE to 42767. Then just show your phone at checkout to save. It literally couldn't be easier. It's 2015. Keep your coupon bonds in your phone. Stop what you're doing and text UPDATE to 42767. Listeners will get a text with a link to download it 100% free. Never forget another coupon again. Text the code UPDATE to 42767 right now. That's UPDATE to 42767. Message and data rates may apply. For terms and privacy, visit RetailMeNot.com. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. AquaponicsSource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to AquaponicsSource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's AquaponicsSource.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. He sounds like he's really Blofeld. <laughs> okay? Maybe you're channeling Blofeld there. I could be channeling Blofeld, yeah. We might actually see a Blofeld in this new James Bond movie, Spectre, although nobody has officially been cast as a character named Blofeld. But I have I'm a feeling one of the other characters is revealed as Blofeld. I'm really looking forward to the next James Bond. I'm looking more forward to Ash versus the Living Dead, but that's a, you know, that's another movie. Some people are looking forward to Supergirl on CBS. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, it's I don't know. That's the most popular show in terms of pre-season buzz in the social networks in the United States. Is is the James Bond? No, it's Supergirl. Oh, Supergirl. Really? Yes. Huh. I think it is, is that everybody likes this girl who's playing Supergirl, Melissa Benoist. So I did see the uh, the teaser trailer, the extended one, that's five or ten minutes long. It's actually pretty good. I saw the full pilot, which is unofficially available if you look hard enough. And she just owns the role. Yeah. She plays, you know, the nerdy Kara who is works as an executive assistant or something, who becomes Supergirl. Yeah. It's like she owns it. She loves being that person, which is why yeah, you believe her. It, and it will be interesting to see how they incorporate that into the new DC universe with Flash and, and Arrow and, and so forth. Well, it's produced by the same people who produce Flash and Arrow. Right. And they're setting up for, you know, for the big DC uh, Justice League and whatnot that's coming up. So we'll see. He's another comic book nerd, do you notice? Absolutely. Is there any other kind? Is I don't think KK is a comic book nerd, are you? No. Nah. I like Torox, Son of Stone, my Golden Key uh, Indians back in the day, back in the 60s. Oh, I'm a Doc Savage fan, actually. Yeah. They yeah, never just, did that right on TV, you know? I never they, who was it? The guy who played Tarzan, Ron Ely, Ron played Ely. Doc yeah. Savage, and was a perfectly awful movie. Yeah. No. We oh, can do well. a separate show on that, you know? 
We could. Maybe someday we'll do a separate thing. We do explore pop culture to some degree on our other radio show, The Tech Night Out Live, because technology is so much at the forefront. So, for example, in these new comic book series from the CW and CBS, the special effects are really well done. And that's because the technology has reached a point where you could do this stuff with a much smaller budget for TV and get away with it and make it convincing. Well, yeah. When you think of the advances in uh, in CGI and whatnot that that are produced in the movies, it's uh, it's really quite amazing how far we've advanced. I'll give you one example. We'll get back to UFOs and such. In the Supergirl teasers, you see this one scene where Supergirl falls over the side of the building. Her friend Wynn is going crazy. And a few seconds later, she zooms up into the air and comes down to this pinpoint landing. And that is a really well-done special effect. Obviously, it's a mixture of CGI and somebody sitting there and jumping into place. But the way it's done is so effective. Take a look at it. That's an example of really the high-grade special effects. But it also means that anybody with a decent set of skills... And $300 for a copy of Final Cut Pro X on a Mac can create some really marvelous fake UFO pictures. Oh, yeah. I was actually on a plane somewhere, and somebody was on his uh, his laptop sitting next to me. Uh, and I don't know whether it was Final Cut or whatever, but he was actually doing a Final Cut of a TV show that he was a producer for. Or a, uh, not a producer, but a, you know he was in, involved in. And... Um, he was doing the final cut on his laptop on a plane. And when you think the technology is is out there to do that, that's just amazing. And now, of course, the new higher-end Macs can do 4K video. Mm-hmm. They have 5K screens, so you can actually do a native 4K video and room for all the menu bars and everything. Yep. It's amazing what we have right now. Those darn computers. What did Marvin say? Those Those nasty computers. Something like that. I want to ask you something else, which kind of drifts away from all these you don't, things. You don't think we've drifted away far enough yet? Oh, no. We're going to go further. We're going to go into the stratosphere now. I sent you this link. You probably didn't have a chance to read it. But last week, you had Red Pill Junkie on the show. I'm sure you know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, now, Miguel is a terrific person. And I'll give you the background of this. We mentioned this on After the Powercast, but not on this show. We have a weekly Powercast newsletter. And I do most of the writing because nobody else really wants to do it. I do it. And occasionally I'll ask other people. We've had Paul Kimball do it. We had Stanton Friedman do it. And Chris has done a couple. And I was intrigued by a theory that Red Pill Junkie had mentioned on our show last week where he was talking about the similarities between near-death experiences and UFO abductions, the commonalities. And I said, this is interesting. Why don't you write a 900 or 1,000-word editorial for our next newsletter. This is on like a Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Exactly 25 hours later, he gives me the manuscript. He says, I'm sorry, you know, it ran a little bit over, but here it is, 4,660 words. (laughs) Yeah, I actually did read it. What do you think I am anyway? um, It's it's an interesting document. I... um, I agree that there are similarities. He's done a great job, um, great post. Um, I have some uh, issues. Of course, I, I addressed a little bit of this 
in my own book, uh, Abductions and Aliens, available on Amazon, um, uh, where I looked at all the various theories about uh, abductions and uh, what they might represent. I did touch on uh, some uh, near-death experiences at one point. Um, some of the, I mean, there's, there are similarities, you know, uh, you know, yeah, where the witness or abductee or the, the person in, in the experience is, you know, in a dreamlike state and so forth. Uh, certain other aspects, uh, the one that got me was uh, the subject is uh, submitted to examination. This is about the review of life. And in, in near-death experiences, it's uh, the review of, of one's life is the examination of one's life. But abductees... Uh, don't report that necessarily as real examination where, you know, the, the, the anal probes and, and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I think there's a, enough of a dissimilarity there to say, well, maybe this isn't quite the same thing. And I, I guess I would say that uh, for a lot of the uh, uh, similarities, there are some tweaks that you have to do to say that they, they really are uh, related like that. I would say there's the commonalities are that a lot of the abductions and uh, uh, near-death near death experiences are certainly more related to dreamlike states in general. In other words, um, they're, they seem to have a lot of common to dreams rather than to each other. And so if we think that there is a, uh, a relationship there, I think that's where the relationship really is. Um, but... Uh, uh, I think that that his list, uh, I don't know how many, 15 or 20 uh, commonalities is, is a good one to start the discussions on. I think it's, uh, you know, uh, it's fudging a bit to say that they're almost identical, but there's certainly some commonalities there that uh, make one think that, uh, you know, there is some relationship. The whole anal probe thing, though, is not duplicated in near-death experiences. And if it is, we know which direction uh, the particular individual is headed. I think they're on the down escalator. <laughs> yeah, but that's, just, that's one example. I mean, there's, there's certainly some other things. Uh, um, you know, the subject is taken to an unfamiliar environment. Well, uh, I mean, in near-death experiences, there's, it's the old tunnel of, of white or whatever, the, the tunnel that leads to the white light and that type of thing. Uh, whereas abductees, certainly they're taken on board, you know, as some say they're a spacecraft, but they describe their spacecraft as spacecraft. Or, uh, and there's uh, very detailed uh, descriptions of where they are and what, what the, you know, if they're taken on board and, and end up somewhere, their descriptions of where they are in terms of this craft or the location in, in physical reality, what the aliens look like. And that's, to me, quite a different uh, phenomenon than the uh, the tunnel leading to the to the white light and that type of thing. So, I, again, there certainly are some commonalities there, but I wouldn't say uh, you know enough for me to say that they uh, are probably related. Well, that that's a, a good place for me to kind of start in. We have quite a, a few questions for you on our uh, forum at forum.theparacast.com, where our listeners get a chance to ask questions of our esteemed guests and a fellow Canadian ufology, Randall in, in Calgary has a question for you and, and he's wondering what is your general impression of the public's current acceptance or lack thereof to alien visitation compared to other times in history? Do, do you see any trends of any kind right now? Let's have him do that answer in our next segment, okay? This way oh. we can just wrap this up and progress. A reminder to be able to download after the PowerCast, our second radio show. You have to join the PowerCast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. 
with Gene and KK and Chris Rutkowski. You're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. <laughs> Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Chris Rutkowski joins us this week, and we had a question from Randall, Ufology on the Table. And we have other questions from our listeners. If you go to forum.theparacast.com, you can check out the question bank where you can ask those questions. Chris, what's your response? Are, does the uh, public seem to be accepting uh, alien visitations now as opposed to other times in history? I, I would say, boy, you know, in the 50s, uh, the contactee phenomenon was really, really big, and they had a lot of following. That's when Giant Rock was really uh, in, its, in its real heyday that, um, you know, people were talking about visiting, visiting Venus, and it was sort of accepted that, you know, yeah, contactees are visiting Venus, and this was when Adamski was uh, getting close-up photographs of flying saucers and, and whatnot. And, and that was, you know, really well accepted. In fact, that's where the current ideas of aliens and, and flying saucers really came from, uh, and that's how, uh, you know, the fanciful notions really developed during that time, and we're still suffering because of a, a lot of that right now. Um, and now, I mean, we have, uh, you know, the, I would argue that the abductee phenomenon 
uh, has morphed back into contacteism, where people are talking about contact uh, with aliens who are you know, uh, walking into bodies and uh, telepathically talking to us, where there's a lot of channeling of information. The channeling has been going on for quite some time uh, over the past 75 years, but it, it seems to be really accepted now. I would say that overall, again, because of this metamodernism that I sort of started talking about, there's an acceptance that anything goes, that the alien visitations of, of contactees are as good as more nuts and bolts UFO sightings. In fact, some writers are saying we don't even need the, the, to record UFO sightings anymore because we have the testimony of abductees and, and contactees that the aliens are really here. So I would say in pop culture, perhaps alien visitation is sort of assumed, uh, whereas during a period, let's say between the 60s to the 80s, there was an attempt to do more nuts and bolts ufology, but also during that time we sort of got the, the John Keel, Jacques Vallée period of uh, ultra-terrestrials too. So I certainly think it's gone through some waves, um, and I don't see any particular trend other than the meta-modernistic meta view of ufology right now is that, that anything goes. Anyone can, can say and, and be an expert on anything because who's going to contest it? What, what do you think of the, about these recent articles that have uh, come out touting scientists at the University of California coming up with a hypothesis that suggests that space aliens have long settled on Earth and actually are living among us as observers? Uh, I guess this, this movement uh, began around 2000 uh, was in the whole thing was spearheaded by the work of Professor Jonathan Malcolm. What do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> well, it actually goes back much further than that. Stranger at the Pentagon was written back in the... Like, well, true. Frank Strange's, yeah. Of course, 70s or 60s or something. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's, that's been going around for quite some time now. Um, yeah, but, but scientists haven't gotten together and, and, and put their you know, name on a, a theory like this. Uh, that, well, that's fairly unusual. Well, yes and no. I mean... Uh, certainly, uh, scientists uh, and people in professional standing and good standing have been making claims for quite some time. I mean, Edgar Mitchell just uh, made the news again recently right. uh, because uh, of something very similar that, you know, he has inside sources who told him that the aliens really are here and prevented Earth from turning into nuclear war and whatever. But, you know, he's just listening to whoever is telling them these things, and it could be anybody. The other question is here are they telling the people in the U.S. Congress to approve? the deal with Iran over nuclear weapons. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, who, who's telling them that? Exactly. It, it appears that someone's telling them not to approve the deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, th there's certainly factions all over the place that, you know, people are claiming to be experts in, you know, politics, uh, democracy, and, and the Middle East, and they're tying it all into ufology. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that, because... People uh, are getting a little more, I don't know, personally interested. They're becoming more activist. Uh, they're concerned about what's happening all around the world. They're concerned about climate change. They're concerned personally about violence and, and nuclear war and, and ISIS and, and everything. Um, and they, they really want to do something and feeling powerless about it. So they actually are lobbying governments and they will do uh, anything to get the ear of government representatives, and there are a number of government representatives who are sympathetic to to the UFO question. You know, one can point to John Podesta, for example, and and others. So I, I think it's it's an interesting way of getting 
uh, people in positions of power to take notice of of uh, uh, some of the more fanciful ideas because they're you know at the you know when you pull away all the uh, the nonsense. There is a, a serious aspect to this. You know, we we should stop proliferation of nuclear weapons. We should, you know, try and get some control on, uh, you know, a little more uh, resolving conflict and, and that type of thing. And if the reason is because, you know, if we ever do go into space, what would aliens think? Um, I mean, there's there's some serious uh, implications here. So it, it is important to do that. And, you know, whether it's because the aliens are out there and don't want us to, you know, join the Galactic Club without resolving it, or uh, simply to, you know, keep the human race from, uh, uh, you know, not blowing itself up, there are some good reasons for doing that. And I, it, I wouldn't be surprised if this continues, uh, you know, more and more. Well, the emphasis has been, especially in the past 10 years, but certainly back to the days of the Vietnam War, where if there's a problem, we send troops out to fight yeah. that problem rather than resolve it in some diplomatic way. At the end of the day, they always make it worse, not just the troops who are killed or the troops who are injured, but all the side effects. This is why we have all the big argument right now over ISIS being an artifact of what we created when we went to war with Iraq, an undeclared war against a country that had no intent of attacking us. And we can argue the basis for that war one way or the other. But changing that philosophy, instead of going to war, going to talk, and seeing how that works for a change can certainly help. But we can't say that ET is pushing us in that direction. Although at the end of the day, if we don't get together, there's not going to be an Earth to visit. <laughs> True. Oddly enough, uh, tomorrow I'm um, speaking at a, a premiere of a 360-degree film by Rod Roddenberry, uh, I guess Roddenberry's son, by yeah, the son, uh, yes, yeah, by the uh, by the I guess his foundation or whatever. It's called White Room, and uh, it's a, a thriller. Um, and uh, I'll give a spoiler because it has to do with are are humans really ready to join the Galactic Club or not? Are are we too bent on violence? And conflict, or are we, you know, uh, leaning towards rational discussion and, and resolution? Um, so, uh, that, is that, that is that a rhetorical question, or do you really? Uh... <laughs> that's, that's the that's the premise of the film that's that's being premiered tomorrow. Um, I've I've actually already seen it, and uh, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, that's the theme. <laughs> well, if anybody thinks we're ready to join the galactic neighborhood. Um, I'm not sure. I think I think we're probably locked in our little sandbox here, and we've got to learn to play play nicely with each other before we're going to be allowed to, uh, you know, get out there and uh, inter commingle with the rest of the uh, galactic neighborhood. Right, and of course that was the theme of the contactees of the '50s too. You know, stop nuclear war, love each other, put down your weapons. You know, uh, be nice to the environment and all that sort of stuff. And that's being echoed now, 60 years later, um, by the present-day abductees. Uh, and that's why I, I'm not all that impressed with a lot, what's, a lot of what's going on in abduction uh, research right now, because it, it's the same rhetoric that I've heard uh, for many decades now. Yeah. And by the way, the thing that always reminds me of the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original version, 1951, where Clat 2, E.T., comes down here and says... Get your acts together, Earth people, 
or we'll take you down. Yeah. And that message was distilled among the contactees. The contactees were very, very heavily influenced by that film, even to the silvery uniform worn by the tall, godlike alien beings. Michael Rennie, godlike, I don't know. Chris Rudkowski is here this week with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural Drano, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. Libertyoncall.org is a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Libertyoncall.org. Call today. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet guy. I'm so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend at GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're thinking here of hiring Mr. Rutkowski to be one of our staff announcers. Of course, he'll get the same pay as our other staff announcer, Bob Zanotti, which means in that case that I wouldn't hope to pay for the next Starbucks coffee with it. Darn. We're exploring here all aspects of UFOs and related research, abductions, the alleged messages that E.T. purportedly presents to us of peace and brotherhood. But it would seem to me here that if E.T. is all-powerful and can get here from 2,000 light years away or whatever, can't they enforce peace upon us if it's really something that's going to endanger this planet, if they care. Well, I have no idea. In fact, that this is uh, one of the biggest themes in, in uh, ufology and science fiction alike. What is the intent of aliens if some of them are out there at all? I mean, do we really have a prime directive where you're not supposed to interfere? Um, and if you're not supposed to interfere, then what do you make of abductions and showing yourselves, uh, you know, as you dig up you know, lavender fields in France and whatnot. I mean, there's it's, there's a whole series of questions around that. I mean, are we, you know, anthropological experiments uh, from Zeta Reticuli, from, a, from grad students, or are we, you know, really interpreting things purely through a, a terrestrial lens that uh, we're really misinterpreting what's really going on? And, and I don't know. I mean, I, w- I would have no idea uh, what the intent of uh, of aliens really might be because by definition they're alien. One would think that there would be some desire for self-preservation on the on the side of aliens, so that would argue against contact. Um, exploration, well, if you've got come here from out there, one would su- assume that, uh, you know, you could do it remotely uh, using uh, robots and, and whatnot. Uh, so you know, would you would we necessarily need direct contact? I, I don't see how. I mean, uh, aliens working within our government or you know in secret bases—that sounds a lot like what we see in Star Trek episodes and and so forth. So it, it doesn't. It sounds more like a terrestrial interpretation of what aliens might be thinking like or acting like. Uh, I don't know what an alien would be like because I haven't met one yet. Although no. some of the people I work with, no, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I always like Terrence McKenna's idea that if aliens were actually here, they probably was would hide within the uh, spores of a uh, cubensis mushroom, and and over you know thousands and tens of thousands of years, slowly uh, help uh, sort of micromanage uh, in in some sense of the word, but manage uh, the growth of our brains and the instilling you know, psychedelic experiences to help expand our conscious and our, our awareness. And that if there was any aliens on the planet, according to McKenna, 
that that would be the way that they would try to influence us as opposed to coming down and not having spacesuits on and, you know, and asking uh, to take me to your leader, that sort of outmoded 50s uh, style and a very new agey style now, that sort of inclination of people to, to think that that's got to be the way that, you know, this sort of contact is going to take place. You know, just go to Project Camelot or uh, to Alfred Weber's Exopolitics uh, website and read about the latest uh, whistleblower who's come forward with the latest uh, Project Serpos type story. To me, it is so ludicrous what people and millions of people are buying into this. It's it's really frightening to me that people have, you know, what's the term? They've they suspended their disbelief. I mean, it conforms with their hopes, wishes, and aspirations or, or fears and paranoia, depending on the bent. You just have a complete lack of, I don't know, just fully conscious, objective, you know, rational thinking. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, metamodernism, that's, uh, you know, anything goes. And uh, it's being accepted. Well, that's one of the problems we have, of course, with journalism today. We assume there are always two sides that are treated equally. So if we get one story, we have to go to the other side, and their story may be total nonsense. Obvious nonsense, but we have to take it anyway and give it equal weight. Yeah, uh, that, that's absolutely true. And uh, there are situations, of course, where uh, there, are, there may be two sides to the story, but one side is uh, less credible um, in the case of, um, I don't know, uh, uh, a violent incident, uh, you know, let's say a, uh, a rape or something like that, uh, you know, there are two sides uh, uh, to that because there's two persons involved. But uh, one is a, a violent act per- perpetuated on another person. And, uh, you know, one is clearly in the wrong and, and regardless of circumstances, you know, that is simply inexcusable. So, yeah, yeah, you know, But Judge, yeah, she wanted it. I swear to God, she wanted it. Yeah, there are two sides, but, uh, you know, do you really want to hear the other side? Well, we have a certain cable TV network in the U.S. that will frequently try to present the possibility that the female of the species faked it. It didn't really happen. She faked it, or again, she wanted it. She deliberately tried to get that guy in trouble. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's, the, it's what is, you know, why the spin actually exists uh, and certainly lawyers can uh, use this to their advantage. Um, and, and yes, we are getting a little away from the UFO question. Um, but it is true that, uh, you know, in ufology, anything goes and people can come up with some very outlandish explanations. And nobody's challenging them because um, it, sometimes it takes too much effort to contradict or to to come up with explanations. And sometimes it just leads you down paths that you really don't need to go down. And, and uh, it, it really can cause a lot of problems. <laughs> this may be a good place to go into a question from one of our uh, posters at forum.theparacast.com. We're at the question bank. You can ask uh, questions of our guests. And this comes from Sentry, longtime poster. Let me just explain to our listeners that's Kurt Collins. Yes. He doesn't ask many questions, but when he does, they're good ones. Okay. And he has more likes uh, than he has posts, so that's always a good sign. <laughs> Most paranormal encounters from Bigfoot to religious aberrations leave us with nothing but quote-unquote sightings. Some suggest these experiences share a common stimulus or trigger, but are interpreted differently by each individual. If most of it is in our heads, what do you think is putting it there? 
we have one again. minute for your response. We can continue the next segment. Go ahead. Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, Kurtz uh, asked a really good question there, and it goes back to what Miguel had asked originally. That uh, you know, uh, you know, is there are there commonalities, and are these commonalities based in in something else? Um, I think uh, the human mind is you know capable of uh, a lot of interesting things, and I think it certainly is capable of generating images that can be interpreted in so many ways by different people. Um, I think that that human creativity is really underrated. I think uh, you know people have come up with some really fantastic wild ideas. Einsteins are out there all over the place. They just have to be realized and tapped into. Um, so I, I think that the, the triggers and the stimuli uh, can produce different things. But, you know, if something leaves behind hard evidence, those are what we're looking for. And uh, whether it's Bigfoot or, or uh, you know, a religious visitation or UFOs, uh, I think those are what we have to concentrate on. But what's putting it there in the uh, you know in the original form? Well, Persinger would say it's caused by electromagnetic radiation. Uh, you know, ufologists might say it's aliens, religious apparition. Uh, we'll find out what the other answer is in a moment. Chris Rutkowski is here with Gene NKK. You're in the Paracast. little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. 
We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, Chris Rutkowski, would you continue your answer, please? Sure. The uh, third one would be that someone from a religious bent would interpret it as a spiritual intervention of some sort, uh, you know, possibly manifesting, uh, you know, bleeding crucifixes and, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, there's some attempt to get some documentation and some physical uh, evidence regarding some of these things, but there always is some sort of physical stimulus as well. So, there, there is always a physical stimuli. It's our minds that interpret them in one way or another. And whether they're UFOs or aliens or a religious apparition, it really depends on the, the person's viewpoint. What gets really confusing is when an abductee or contactee is very religious and then will interpret uh, what is ostensibly an abduction experience as a religious experience. And the, the, the opposite sometimes occurs as well. So it's interesting to get these crossovers, um, but the ultimate question is, did it physically really happen, or is it happening you know, um, uh, only in the mind in the sense that there was a very prosaic event, you know, a coincidence of some sort, the apple falling from the tree and interpreted as uh, caused by aliens, um, Jesus, or a Bigfoot? Well, the question would be then, is that interpretation Bigfoot the ghosts, E.T., whatever. That's our take on it. That is our take on it. The question, I, I would still say, but did it really happen at all? You know, that gets into the real nitty-gritty. Did the apple really fall? 
was it always on the ground and we only thought that it fell? There's a lot of ways that you can dissect this. And it's not debunking in the sense, we just want to know what really happened. And that those, some of those questions are very, very tricky and can be very uncomfortable. Now, this is interesting here. I'm just noticing something on your site, Ufology Research. Okay. What are the good questions in ufology? <laughs> I'm going to read one. Okay. Okay. You explain where this comes from. I'm just going to read the last one, number 41. Okay. Is Nick Redfern actually an alien? And I don't just mean that he's from Great Britain. Exactly. Well, High Strangeness, another another blog, posted a, a number of questions for uh, uh, a different podcast. <laughs> and There uh, are a few others. We don't mention them. There are a few them. others, you know, uh, uh, to aid in the uh, the debate rather than in the forums that you have, uh, produced a series of questions. And there were 20 produced by... Uh, uh, by Mark, and uh, and then uh, the people who were reading the blogs added a bunch more. And this was one that was added by one of the uh, blog readers and commenters. And I mean, I like Nick. I've met him. <laughs> I think the, that was a reaction from someone who thought that Nick was getting a little too far afield in some of his theories and beliefs. And, you know, to me, uh, it, it again, it's all in the interpretation, isn't it? I want to read another one. Okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Should the three strikes you're out rule apply to Roswell smoking guns? Ooh. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> I think it should be two strikes myself. This well, then we're past it right now. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, we're past that. I mean, is Roswell, I mean, people want to know, is Roswell real? Did Roswell really happen? Uh, from time to time, we get people promoting um, videos and uh card out witnesses and, and eyewitnesses and sons and daughters and grandchildren of eyewitnesses. Um, and, you know, now with the slides, uh, is it possible to get beyond all this? And I, I had a chat with Stan Friedman about this. And I'm arguing that if there was any real evidence, let's say documents, you know, attesting to the reality that something really did crash at Roswell, after all the years that have been going on, um, I think those documents would be long since destroyed. Uh, I don't think that there would be any evidence left. I, I think if there were pieces picked up, those pieces would be locked away, not at Area 51, not at, not at Hangar 1 or 17 or, or whatever. They would certainly be, not at Montauk Point. Certainly not at Montauk, and you wouldn't have an alien on display in a glass case in a museum. <laughs> on top uh, of an army blanket. <laughs> on top of an army blanket. That's simply not how it would happen. But uh, is George Adamski really a distant relative of Billy Meyer? <laughs> well, define relative. I mean, I suppose there's certainly a lot of uh, relation between the early contactees and the, the more modern uh, contactees. Uh, certainly in some of the ways that Billy Meyer was, you know, showing off uh, some of the, the photos of dinosaurs and whatever that he took when he was taken to another dimension and whatnot is, are very similar to what Adamski was doing. So I would say there's a lot of similarity uh, between what Adamski was hawking and what uh, Meyer was claiming. To this day, there are Adamski supporters and there are Meyer supporters. So there's a lot of parallels in the religiosity of, of uh, ufology. And that's a, a topic all to its own as well. Let's continue with the questions, please. Hit me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> well, we've got 
quite a few questions, Chris. Um, and this one comes from Bluto392, who posted this uh, at a question bank at forum.theparacast.com. And this is an interesting kind of uh, juxtaposition in thinking. And he wonders if it's possible that whatever is behind this phenomena, I think these phenomena, uh, may be fumbling around in the dark as much as we are, but somehow they've stumbled upon us instead of the other way around. Could UFOs, abductions, MIBs, even odd reports and old reports of fairy folk or ghosts be their attempts to be heard, but they just can't figure us out enough to effectively speak with us? Could it be constructive to consider ways in which other species might try to communicate and then try to communicate, make an effort to communicate with them and meet them halfway? I remember Jacques Vallée said something that really um, kind of made me sit up and take notice. He said, this, this all seems very, um, it's almost like a program, uh, the way this whole, um, you know, these whole encounters and, and waves of sightings. Uh, they seem to be some sort of control mechanism or some sort of uh, software program. And and he said, if it is that, couldn't we interject something into the uh, into the code? <laughs> some sort of, uh, um, you know, prearranged, uh, uh, I forget what his analogy was or his example was, but uh, is, it, is there a way for us to, number one, ever decipher? these communications and if so is there a way that we can meet them halfway i think it's a good question yeah and you know this goes back to uh, the question of what aliens would be like uh, like how would they communicate with us would they want to communicate with us um uh, you know what intentions might there be you know there's uh what what is it? is it sirens of titan uh, where alien uh, who had crashed a spacecraft on on Titan or, or somewhere out there um, many thousands of years ago uh, needed a part a replacement part for his spacecraft, and so he gently guided uh, the Neanderthals uh, on Earth to develop uh, civilization to the point where uh, humans develop space travel and uh, space travel eventually reaches Titan and discover him in a spacecraft. And uh, on board the spacecraft is the essential uh, part of the spacecraft that he needed us to develop, which turned out to be a can opener. Um, you know, it, it, is there? You know, what would be the purpose of communicating? And would that sounds like a Rod Serling episode. Yeah, would the, would we would we recognize communication? And then this goes back to uh, a lot of the first contact scenarios. Uh, would there, you know, if there is a prime directive and we're under observation? Would they subtly try to contact us? Would they try to keep us from blowing ourselves up by, you know, having a power failure just as the uh, nuclear missiles were about to be launched, uh, uh, you know, as uh, Salah's talking about these days? Uh, you know, are there other ways of intervening? Um, you know, I don't, you know, they, maybe they can't figure us out. Maybe we're so bizarre, we are so primitive that they're worried about us making inroads into the cosmic neighborhood. Uh, you know, these are wonderful concepts that have been talked about and hashed, about, uh, hashed around so many times in science fiction. Uh, again, you know, we don't know what aliens really uh, are like, what, what the motivation for contact with us would be. You know, some would argue that uh, uh, they really have no reason to contact us. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke's Rendezvous with the Rama series, you know. Let's go uh, into what that means in a moment, okay? Sure. The motivations of aliens. Chris Rudkowski with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. 
independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Honey, why are there fish swimming in our bathtub? Aren't they cute? You need more omega-3s, and those fish oil pills with toxins and heavy metals are scary. So I'm making fish oil from scratch. Oh boy, didn't I tell you I'm ordering Nutrigold fish oil? It's exceptionally pure. That's what they all say. No, really. Nutrigold's fish oil is concentrated from pure cold water fish straight off the Alaskan coast and manufactured right here in the USA. Well, cold Alaskan waters are much more pristine than the polluted waters that other fish oils are sourced from. That's what I'm saying. And it's five-star certified to meet international purity, potency, and freshness standards. Well, that sounds even better. Great. I'll be in my office ordering a few bottles. If I order now on www.fishoil.best, I can save $5 using the promo code MYFISHOIL. Um, honey, why are there bees in my office? Get rid of those fish burps for good. Go to Nutrigold's U.S. made fish oil products by going to www.fishoil.best and get $5 off by entering MYFISHOIL at checkout. 
Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Is it the Paracast? Chris O'Brien becomes KK for this episode, known by his real name, because Chris Rudkowski is here. We don't want any confusion. We're talking about alien motivations. And well, we look at aliens or possible alien life in terms of what we do, or in terms of Star Trek. You know, we don't think that alien means they have motivations we can't even begin to understand. Well, maybe aliens actually talk out their butts and their anal probing us to figure out why we don't. Well, I, of course, if you're a politician, you do. <laughs> well, as I, I start my lectures sometime by saying I know for a fact that aliens have come down to Earth, have taken over the minds and bodies of humans uh, and uh, are, you know, uh, among us uh, every day. Otherwise, how can you explain politicians? So, you know, we don't know. Uh, and some have argued that the aliens are here already. And uh, I think, uh, as uh, KK mentioned, you know, maybe they are microscopic. Maybe, uh, you know, there's some manipulation of DNA. Maybe uh, we're, there are some remnants of an alien contact from hundreds of thousands of years ago in our DNA. And that's why we are the way we are ourselves. It, there's so many factors, and it's, it's amazing to speculate. And I think the thing is, we simply don't know. Until that moment, and you know, maybe we're getting closer and closer uh, to that moment. I mean, I I've been predicting for a couple of years now that we're not that far away from uh, discovering a really Earth-like planet. I mean, we're really close with this this latest one, Kepler five seven two or whatever it is, uh, that is not much bigger than Earth and in the Goldilocks zone where it's uh, you know where there's liquid water on the planet and, and so forth. Um, uh, and it's uh, you know still a hundred light years away or something, so we're we're getting closer, but uh, you know we're really not that far away from discovering uh, aliens or a possible alien uh, planet not far away from us within communication range, and you know when that happens, you know maybe you know that will lead to actual communication with aliens, whatever they might be like, and maybe uh, they're a lot like us and simply can't get off their planet because of political reasons or energy constraints or the, the will to do so. Um, maybe they're more advanced than us. Maybe they're less advanced. But the point is it would signal a, a real change in who we are, that we're no longer uh, a series of uh, warring tribal factions on the surface of this rocky planet uh, orbiting Sol. We would represent uh, you know, a, a civilization that needed to speak as one and to work as one because uh, it would be us against them, and who knows what that them really would be like. Also, do you ever think of another possibility that occurs to me sometimes? When people remember or think they've had an abduction, they are remembering how the human race was created. It's part of our racial memory that we were part of a hybrid race or are the hybrid race created by aliens thousands of years ago. Well, you know, 
again, I, anything is, is possible to conceive of. I don't know if uh, the detail of our uh, racial memory would be that, you know, that intense like that. Uh, but it's possible that our brains are hotwired for such a thing. And that, that is what we are sensing and experiencing during an abduction, uh, you know, uh, a contact with something, a contact with uh, something that's unfamiliar, and, and that brings up these images that are hotwired into us. Well, it's a thought here. The question is the reality of what we see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, what is it that, that we really are experiencing? Are we really seeing things the way they are, or are we interpreting things the way they are? It, you know, it's just that uh, the other thing that, that can be said is that, you know, re- reality isn't an illusion. It just seems that way. KK, some more questions, please. Okay, this one comes from another Canuck, Robert, our esteemed burnt state, who has recently passed the 3,600 postmark, and he has 3,700, almost 3,800 likes. And wait so, till you see what he does tomorrow. <laughs> Okay. He points out something that's interesting, and, and it's, uh, he says, you often highlight, uh, Chris, extraordinary cases with UFOs that appear to be electric in their strange shapes and forms, and with so many compelling non-traditional examples in the history of ufology, does this make the phenomenon just more multifaceted with many possible answers, or does it make you more suspicious that a single source may be responsible? Well, you know, this goes back to our interpretation. Um, one of the big problems we have when we're analyzing UFO reports and data is the shape. Something as simple as asking a witness what the shape is. And some will say round or some will say um, circular. And that doesn't mean anything. When I say round, you mean like a ball? No, no, I mean like a plate. Well, that's not round. That's flat (laughs) and and also when a person sees you know a a disc uh you usually don't actually see a disc you'll either either see uh a circle if the disc is um flipped on its edge and facing you looking you know uh, towards the the center of the plate or on its edge you would see a line in which case it would appear to be a rod or uh, a cigar and so something as simple as a shape of a UFO, uh, you know, even football shapes, it wants a disc at an oblique angle. I mean, something as simple as that makes us suspicious that maybe there is just one shape of a, of a UFO and maybe all the uh, other interpretations are, are just right, variations. Just perspective. Yeah. Ray Stanford has uh, kind of hinted around uh, to me, you know, I don't normally talk about uh, Ray's uh, – analysis on the show and i promised i wouldn't bring it up again but but i i really want to uh, emphasize this point that he is convinced that there really are no discs as described by witnesses these objects are spinning and he thinks they're they're polygonal that they they have multiple sides that when you spin them they appear to be round um and he's you know done some work on still frame high-speed uh, still-frame images that, that seem to suggest that we're dealing with multi-sided uh, objects that are in a rough circular pattern. But when they're spun, if they're spinning, uh, it, the sides kind of blur into a, a circular shape, which uh, you know would make some sense. Uh, and if that's the case, then possibly your observation here that we may be misinterpreting 
based on our you know limited ability to ascertain visually uh, something high strange that we're looking at that's out, outside of our realm of understanding that that you know maybe we're basic we're just our primal sort of modus operandi of describing our our experience uh, it tends to to uh, adhere to what are common descriptions of these objects in term, terms of their circular, circular nature. Uh, so, you know, I, I think more work needs to be done in this, uh, in this regard. Uh, and another question that's been brought up is, you know, this one comes from Technomage, who comes out of the woodwork for good guests like you. And he says, since Canada seems to be a hotbed of UFO activity, doesn't it make sense to find one or two hotspots up there and start a camera project to get some hard evidence? And he uses the example of my San Luis Valley uh, project that I'm uh, currently underway of attempting to have a triangulated camera array in the San Luis Valley in Colorado. Uh, do you think that that would make sense to uh, to identify some hotspot areas, uh, possibly on the lake there uh, in Ontario? Um, there's some places in BC that, that tend to have ebbing and flowing waves of, of, of activity. Do you think that that would be a possible uh, effective way of possibly taking this to the next level in terms of hard, hard science? Uh, well, yeah, and um, there's two sides of that, of course. That Canada does seem to be a hotbed of UFO activity in the sense that we have 1,200 cases, or sorry, uh, you know, between 1,200 and I forget what the, uh, the other data shows right now, but you know, more than 1,000 cases uh, every year. But that's 1,000 cases across the entire country. Uh, in a year that are being reported, and uh, you know Canada is a pretty big country, so to pick one particular spot, uh, even statistically of that, you'd be waiting a long time for that uh, one particular case to, to come across. However, you're right about on the lake. As a matter of fact, uh, Jennifer Jarvis has something called Orb Watch, and she sets up on the uh, actually um, the south side of um, Lake Ontario. Uh, just to the west of Buffalo, and uh, she's been, uh, you know, making video uh, records of uh, things over the lake for quite some time. So there is a, a lot of that going on already, and uh, unfortunately, what she's getting seems to be a lot of uh, aircraft because she's looking directly towards the Toronto Air, uh, Airport, um, and and some boats on the water and things like that. But it does make sense to to use uh, camera projects to you know look at at some hard evidence to try and get some photographic evidence. Of course, I mean I uh, Hestelin um, has uh, you know they've had cameras set up for quite some time uh, for decades now, and it's only recently that they're starting to get some some decent results coming out of out of Norway. There, let's get uh, so into more of this in our next segment with. Chris Rutkowski, NKK, and Gene, you're in the Bearcast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. 
the site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with Chris Rutowski discussing the possible impact or meaning of some of these camera projects to set up cameras in a specific region and see what they produce in terms of pictures. Chris O'Brien, our own K.K. Barnes, is doing that with the San Luis Valley camera project. But I have a crazy question to ask, which is, of course, the fly in the ointment question. And that is, is it possible the presence of some kind of means of detection will deter the phenomenon from showing up? Oh, well, yeah, that's a good question. Schrodinger's cat for ufology. Um, is the, the attempt to document make the phenomenon shy? And then... Uh, I, now I'm trying to remember who coined that. There's a there's somebody who coined the the, the phrase that uh, ufology is a uh, is based on a shy phenomenon. Uh, you know, it's very possible that there's something there. I mean, I've I've gone out to so-called UFO hotspots and nothing's shown up, and people were completely baffled. Well, it was here the night before. It was here the night before that, but you came and nothing was seen. So does. Uh, the existence of instrumented detection caused the phenomenon to uh, to not show up. And what does that mean? Does that mean that it's psychological? Does it mean that there is uh, something in the environment that makes the thing sensitive to uh, observation of whatever kind? So it's uh, it's uh, a, a very interesting question. Yeah, it's a very interesting question, right? and uh, uh, it, it certainly is a, a possibility that there's a, an awareness factor. That really brings up a lot of intriguing possibilities that there, you know, the whole reflective, uh, the appearance of reflectivity in these events and uh, reported experiences, there may be some sort of symbiotic relationship, you know, uh, possibly people need to be in a particular open uh, state or open frame of mind that allows these these uh, objects to 
have permission, if you will, to to appear. There's a spot in the San Luis Valley, for instance, called uh, Zapata Falls, and on the hillside of the Sangres there, there's a, a burn area that was totally burnt out about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And uh, there's all these, uh, sometimes hundreds, even thousands of these pinpoints of blinking lights up here on this hillside, which is about two miles away from the parking area that sits right down the trail from the Zapata Falls. And it's about a th- it's about 1,500 feet, I think, above the valley floor. And I don't know how many times I've had people tell me that that if they get in this you know, kind of plays into what Stephen Greer has been attempting to do with coherent thought sequencing. There is, there does seem to be a correlation that when people go into a quiet meditative state, that these these blinking lights tend to be almost like puppy dogs, and they they they're curious and they they tend to approach. But if people are yelling and screaming and going, "Oh my God, there's lights!" Oh, blah, 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 they they tend to stay away. Uh, so maybe there's something to that. Maybe there is some sort of. Uh, co-sort of, you know, dependent uh, symbiosis that's going on between the observer and the actual phenomenon itself. You know, that's something that I've, I've often wondered. It seems that these things show up when you least expect them, and uh, when you're really pumped and primed for them, they tend to, uh, <laughs> to stay away. It's when you kind of forget about it, and uh, you start going about your business, and, and you become distracted that, uh, that they seem to show up. And if you put yourself into a place of, of, of inner quiet, let's say, um, you know, into a pseudo-meditative state, then that, that does, at least in this particular example, it does seem to attract the phenomenon to come closer, even close enough for them to be in and around uh, the experiencers. Well, and I would go back to you know something I mentioned earlier about an anthropological experiment. If there really were aliens uh, monitoring Earth in some fashion and they wanted to monitor people uh, and, and get some detailed observations, one would you know expect that an anthropologist, you know, thinking as a terrestrial anthropologist, the way to do it is to do it when there's only one person around or maybe two who aren't really aware of your presence, but as soon as your presence is suspected, that's the time to make yourself scarce. That certainly creates all sorts of interesting possibilities. But isn't that the way the UFO phenomenon has existed? As soon as we think we have a pattern, the pattern is changed. As soon as we think we have a place where they're always seen, that stops. That's true. And and it's, this goes back to the hotspot question. I mean, the, for a while it was true that uh, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie were hotspots. It was true that um, you know, uh, St- Stephenville was a hot spot. It was true that um, Gulf Breeze was a hot spot, and the, and the hot spots seemed to move all over the place. It happens in Canada too, where you know we'll get more reports from uh, one particular region in Canada that uh, in one year, and then the following year the reports there are down, but then they're uh, higher in another location. Uh, so the phenomenon does seem to shift around, and trying to make sense of all these trends and uh, and facets of it is is really driving crazy. Um, there's a couple of questions here from our listeners about the Falcon Lake, uh, Steve Mikulak case and uh, creepy green light says all these years later, what do you make of the Falcon Lake incident? I know you've talked about this in the past when you've been on the show, but, uh, let's kind of give it a, a quick go around here. He says, I've heard good arguments, both pro and con, but I seem to remember hearing that, that Stephen liked his alcohol and that he couldn't bring other folks back to the exact landing site the following day. Uh, because he could not remember exactly where it was, supposedly. And Sentry chimes in 
and asks, is the Falcon Lake uh, case a very strong ufological uh, case, in your opinion, because of its physical pieces of evidence, the burns on, on, on Stephen's chest, uh, for instance, and, and some physical side evidence. Uh, but he's wondering if you have doubts about this case, and, and he wonders, are there other physical trace evidence UFO cases that you favor as strong examples of evidence of an anomalous technology? Hmm. Well, I I will state again. I, I think the Falcon Lake case is a really good case, um, seriously underrated, and I would actually place it ahead of, of Roswell in terms of evidence. And the reason I do that is because in the Falcon Lake case, we have a location. We know where it happened. We don't know uh, exactly where Roswell happened. We I mean there's you know debris field that was found, but. Uh, um, uh, trying to locate it exactly now is difficult and uh, uh, there's nothing there. Whereas you can go back to the Falcon Lake case over and over again and see the exact spot, a uh, very self-contained site. We know it was investigated uh, intently by the United States Air Force, the Canadian Air Force, by Royal Canadian Mounted Police and several other agencies. And we have literally hundreds of pages of documentation of their investigations, um, their interviews, the transcripts of interviews, uh, photographs of the area, uh, which is something we simply don't have with Roswell. Um, there's no question that something occurred. It was debated in the Canadian Parliament. Um, there are, uh, you know, there were some, uh, you know, we had a, the witness to the event, which we don't really have in Roswell. Um, the, who actually saw it happen right at that particular spot. The witness was physically injured. The medical records were made available. Um, he was uh, examined by medical doctors. He was examined by, uh, as well as uh, a psychiatrist, as well as uh, uh, general practitioners. Um, there was radiation confirmed at the site. In fact, the Canadian government uh, considered closing off the area to... Uh, to the public because of a, a perceived danger to the public because of intense radiation. Radioactive pieces were tested and analyzed at uh, Atomic Energy of Canada, which is the same institution, in fact, the same laboratory that tested uh, radioactive debris from Cosmos 954, which crashed into uh, northern Canada in the 1970s. We have so much documentation. We have uh, you know, there's absolutely no doubt that this is everything you could possibly want in a UFO case. Uh, and uh, uh, I think it's, you know, a really wonderful uh, opportunity to really, you know, figure out what really went on based on the evidence that, that there is. Um, the question that you mentioned about uh, uh, Creepy Green said uh, uh, Stephen Mihalik liked his alcohol. Now, that question has been raised a number of times. In fact, the uh, Canadian Air Force thought that they would shake uh, the witness's story by getting him drunk in a bar. Let's and figure that out in a moment here, okay? Chris okay. Rutkowski with Gene and KK, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out a2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, 
Tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now, you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to idstronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet sleeves or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit idstronghold.com today. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 90 customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 
I haven't heard that particular wrinkle. They tried to get him drunk in a bar to see what he'd really say. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's oh, actually no kidding. In, a, in, a, in a document from the uh, Royal Canadian Air Force that they took him to get him to shake his story because they had asked him, do you drink? And the implication was, you know, were you drunk uh, or are you an alcoholic? And he said no. So when they took him to the bar, he, as they noted, he didn't refuse any of the drinks that they offered. Um, and I think uh, they actually specified it was Ryan Seven or something like that that he uh, that he had, and therefore they said, well, she's lying, you know, about about whether he, you know, doesn't drink because obviously he drinks. Well, there's a difference between whether you drink to excess and whether you drink socially, and that's what Mikulak meant. And uh, I mean, I've actually had the opportunity on many occasions to spend time with him and his family, and. Uh, at no point was he ever drunk. Uh, you know, we certainly had wine together and, and things like that. In fact, when Unsolved Mysteries, uh, NBC flew us down to their set to recreate the event and interview him on camera, uh, we did, uh, you know, certainly had some wine with dinner, and uh, uh, that was about it. Now, does that mean that he drinks, or does that mean that he, you know, has social drinks, uh, you know, depending on the occasion? So, uh you know, he, he certainly uh, you know, liked alcohol as much as, as anyone else did, but he certainly wasn't drunk. As far as bringing people to the exact site the, the following day, uh, actually he was incapable of movement um, the following day. He was actually uh, very ill. It was actually a number of weeks later that he went out to the site. And during those intervening weeks, um, the trees all got leaves. When he was out there uh, uh, in the spring and uh, the trees didn't have much in the way of vegetation, when he went out there, everything was overgrown and it didn't look right to him. He was very confused. He was puzzled as to where it was. And where the uh, Royal Canadian Air Force and uh, Mounted Police had taken him was actually uh, close, uh, had a lot of characteristics of where this was, um, but it didn't quite look right. Uh, so they actually never found the site with them. He went back a couple of times after that to find the site, and it took him a few tries before he actually did find the site. And uh, at the site, found his uh, charred undershirt and um, uh, the uh, charring of some of the vegetation that was there as well, and got samples that the RCMP and Royal Canadian Air Force uh, exampled, uh, sampled and examined then. So... Um, uh, there's no question that uh, it's a tricky site to get into. In fact, when I was there a number of years ago, um, you, you had to go in by pack mule uh, and on horseback to, to get into the site. And it was actually quite a, quite a difficult ride, I have to say. Since then, uh, some entrepreneur at a riding stable has created a UFO uh, ride and you can actually pay something like 60 bucks a head or something like that, and they'll take you into the site uh, for an hour's tour or something like that and take you to the site and tell you all about the case. So it's, it's not exactly uh, uh, out in the open. It's, it's uh, in some very thick brush and on a very rocky terrain. So, you know, uh, is the argument that he should have been able to find it uh, easier if he was an experienced woods woodsman? Well, he wasn't an experienced woodsman. He was a an occasional person who tromped around in the bush and and uh, wasn't all that good at it. Um, so I, I would say it's it's puzzling as to why he couldn't find the exact site uh, later when he had the RCMP and and uh, Air Force with him. But not I, I would say I wouldn't write it off simply because of that. 
Yeah, I, I do agree with you, Chris, that this is one of the stronger cases. And, you know, Jacques Vallée covered it. Um, I think Heine covered it uh, in their writings. And I, I think it does uh, go down as one of those real dark horse important cases that uh, many people fairly new to the field are unaware of. Of yeah, course, Shag Harbor comes to mind as another Canadian case that really has some, you know, Chris Stiles' work. Uh, I think that there's there's really some uh, fire there. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's generally fire, and that would be another good one. But, uh, you know, I'm wondering here, um, has his story uh, changed over time? Has there been any embellishment? Has he pretty much stuck with the original with the original account, uh, you, you spent some time with him. Uh, how has his life changed, for instance? Uh, uh, has, has his thinking uh, been altered by this uh, case? Is he now a hard and fast true believer? Or does he feel remorse that he was singled out? Uh, how about his health? Uh, has he yeah, well, had any? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. He actually did pass away about 10 years ago. But um, uh, to his deathbed, he uh, he didn't change his story. Um, he was of the opinion that if you you know don't believe him, that's too bad. But uh, this is what happened. The other curious thing about uh, this is that he never talked about aliens. He uh, was convinced it was some sort of secret craft, uh, like a vertical takeoff something or a moon lander. I mean, this was '67 when you know we we're just in the process of talking about going to the moon and whatever. He thought this was some sort of secret government craft, and that's why when he walked up to the craft, he thought it was an American uh, secret vehicle of some sort. Um, and he had a lot of respect for uh, the military, having been a military man himself. So uh, he, you know, he he thought in those terms. He didn't think in terms of aliens. And even many years later, when the Unsolved Mysteries was uh, interviewing about this, he didn't talk about aliens. He thought this was some sort of terrestrial vehicle of some kind. Hmm. And uh, that's another interesting aspect that kind of shades of cash landum. Uh yeah, it was it was it was something that that he thought was it had to be real because he was experiencing it and flying saucers from Mars obviously aren't real, but this that was sitting in front of him uh was something that was tangible and he did touch it. So in your estimation the case holds up all these years later. I mean, we're talking we're going back uh, almost you know, 45 years now. So you, you think it still stands up? And I, I think it still stands up. And the fact that we have all the documentation makes it very unique in the history of ufology. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of very many cases where we have so much documentation plus the record of evidence, plus a witness who is willing to talk, plus an actual location which can still be visited. Wow. Well, um, here's another interesting case that I remember uh, being exposed to back in the early 90s when I was first getting involved in this morass of a f- so-called field called ufology. I often add an extra uh, O to the word and call it ufology because there's so many foolish people running around. Uh, you, uh, present company excluded, of course, but... Well, remember that ufology comes from John Keel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, if it had to have come from somewhere, I'm, I'm not surprised that that's where it came from. Well, here's a, here's a question from Legend Tripper, who's a very rare poster at forum.theparacast.com, but he's posted his question on the question bank for you, and this is his eighth post in over a year and a half, so you're bringing him out of the woodwork there, guy. Okay. Hello, Mr. Rakowski. I've often always been... I, I've, I have always been intrigued by the cast of characters involved in the Cartmanian Corners Guardian case. 
has it been definitively proven that Bobby Charlebois was guardian and that Bob Oshler of MUFON perpetuated this alleged case? Now, we must, uh, for, for those of you who aren't aware of the guardian case, this incredible uh, nighttime video uh, showed up, I think, what, 92, 93, somewhere around there, maybe somewhere 94. There, yeah. Let's explain that case in our next segment. Okay. Because a lot of our listeners don't know. Chris Rutkowski is present and accounted for, as is K.K. Barnes. You're in The Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. The attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. That's the sound your brain makes when you realize you're buying something and forgot the coupon. Online or in a store, knowing that you're missing a deal is the worst. You need the app from Retail Me Not right now. Get thousands of coupons from 50,000 stores like Kohl's, Domino's, Best Buy, and more with crazy deals like 60% off, free shipping, and free gifts with purchase. You can get a text invite to download the Retail Me Not app 100% free right now for Apple or Android. Just text the code UPDATE to 42767. Then just show your phone at checkout to save. It literally couldn't be easier. It's 2015. Keep your coupon. 
coupons in your phone. Stop what you're doing and text UPDATE to 42767. Listeners will get a text with a link to download it 100% free. Never forget another coupon again. Text the code UPDATE to 42767 right now. That's UPDATE to 42767. Message and data rates may apply. For terms and privacy, visit RetailMeNot.com. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let me remind you, we have another radio show called After the Paracast, which is available exclusively to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to learn more. In last week's episode, we featured extended discussions with Red Pill Junkie that continued from the regular episode of the PowerCast. With PowerCast Plus, you also get the ad-free version of this show, an open chat room, more to come, plus.thepowercast.com, and a free book, Chris O'Brien's Stalking the Tricksters, if you subscribe for one year or five years. Mr. Rutowski, would you explain this case a little bit further for those who yeah, just Yeah, describe the, uh, the very uh, compelling footage that really had a lot of people uh, tittering uh, back when it was released by this mysterious character that called himself Guardian. Well, yeah, and it actually started a little bit before then, but what most people remember is the Guardian case is a video that was shot somewhere in the vicinity of uh, Ottawa, Ontario, um, where uh, it ostensibly was a, a disc-shaped object with, uh, object with flashing lights. It was a little out of focus. The video itself was incredibly shaky, bouncing all over the place. But the story was that uh, this object was seen, video was taken of it, and then there were some mysterious helicopters that were seen a little bit a- uh, after that, all black, of course, uh, seen patrolling the neighborhood, ch- giving some chase. There was also a lot of documentation, and there were about, I would say, 10 ufologists in North America who received packages in the mail from this mysterious guardian. Some of the packages contained videotapes, VHS tapes. Some uh, actually just had uh, still photographs, glossy photographs, um, and uh, they all had some mysterious writing. They all uh, had some information about a crash of a, uh, of a UFO somewhere in the area called Carp, which is just basically a suburb of uh, Ottawa. Uh, supposedly it was uh, covered up. Uh, whatever it was that crashed was carted away under the cover of darkness. Uh, people sworn to secrecy and, and all sorts of things. Uh, and in addition to this particular video uh, showing the, uh, the saucer, there was a, a secondary video of, a, of an alien that uh, kind of resembled uh, Stan Romanek's uh, alien head from the window. In fact, there was a still photo uh, of that that was also passed around. And then some uh, some other uh, scenery of, in the countryside around there. So something happened, um, and this was the story that went around it. 
Now, there were a number of really good investigators uh, in the Ontario area at the time. Uh, there was uh, Tom Theophanus, who is now out of ufology, but uh, was very active at the time. Earl Rusnap, everybody knows him from uh, uh, UFO updates. He was involved. There was a, a fellow by the name of, his last name was Graham Lauren Goldfoot, Graham Goldfoot, something like that. He was actually in the Ottawa area. Uh, a number of people went to investigate and they went to this location. There was a map, of course, in all of this that showed where this occurred. And people, the investigators went, and it was a typical rural setting, very similar to, I don't know, you know rural Pennsylvania, I suppose, rolling hills, all that sort of thing, uh, small hobby farms and, and whatnot. And nobody had any recollection of there being any you know, government trucks or lights in the sky or anything. Um, and uh, the case began to fall apart because uh, there was simply no evidence to support anything like this. Somebody did discover, however, a war game site, which was owned by one of the, the people in the CARP area. And there are all sorts of signs about you know danger, government investigations, uh, keep out, all this sort of stuff that he had put up himself. It was not official in any way. Uh, some of the people who lived near there uh, were some of the other individuals involved who said that they had seen these helicopters, had seen the UFO, and so forth. One of the artifacts that was discovered by investigators on this uh, war game site was a burned-out truck, like a, a Ford 150 or something. There was signs of burning around it in the shrubbery. And what eventually was decided by the investigators, and they recreated uh, this image, was that this was not a a saucer in the sky that was moving around, it was actually a series of torches and, uh, and flares that were set up around this uh, truck, and the camera itself was moved up and down to give the illusion that this object was you know, zipping around the sky. And uh, when you see it in that context, there's been some side-by-side you know, -side comparisons. It, it really does seem that there was a very elaborate hoax, and who knows who was beside it or uh, behind it, whether it was uh, the, you know, Bobby Charlebois or somebody else or Bob Exler himself. Uh, I know Exler really uh, supported the case, believed it was absolutely true, but when people pressed him for further evidence and questioned him about some of the, uh, the evidence, he, uh, he simply didn't reply. Uh, I, I think the general consensus that The Guardian was a very elaborate hoax, and why somebody did this, I have no idea. But it certainly you know, ranks right up there, and had uh, the Roswell Slides group been around at the time, boy, they would have had a heyday. They would have tore it a new one. Well, speaking of Bob Exler, that's a name that you don't hear or see very often anymore. Do we, do we know what, whatever happened to him? He hasn't really been... I haven't really seen mentions of him, uh, maybe one mention of him in the past 10, 15 years. I Do we know whatever happened to him? I, I was, really have no idea what happened to Bob He's a very enigmatic character that uh, was involved in a, uh, a number of questionable claims, and, and plus his own background kind of uh, fell apart. He claimed, I think, didn't he claim that he had worked for NASA? And it turns out he was a janitor for some facility or something. <laughs> <laughs> shades yeah. of uh, shades of Area Fifty One, and uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm a mission specialist. Yeah, I empty the garbage cans and refill coffee cups. Yeah, and, and, and I accidentally spilled some Element One Fifteen all over me. It's just you know, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't need any of that. <laughs> lurking about. What do you? Th how about you, Gene? That name, Bob Exler. Have you seen that name around? It doesn't ring a bell. 
You've never heard of Bob Exler? I've heard of the name. I just can't think where it connects. No. It's one of the, you know, there's so many names that have come forth. Well, you know, he, he was a real interesting character. I always kind of equated him to almost like a John Lear type, you know, who's out there, you know, whispering around. and Or Dan Brown is another one. Or Dan Smith, rather, is another one that's jumps on, on, on cases and touts them and then disappears back into the woodwork. Yeah, How about Project Serpo or some of these other more recent uh, questionable claims uh, that have arisen? Of course, Lynn Caston wrote the book uh, about Project Serpo where supposedly uh, taken almost just verbatim out of Close Encounters, we sent a group of, what, 12 or 13 astronauts to this star system called uh, and there was a planet called project serpo and they lived there for a number of years and one of them died and when they came back they were uh changed and and all this uh where do you come down on some of these more elaborate uh stories that have been kind of touted here uh, in the past 10 15 years well you know it's there there are some great stories there's no question that that storytelling is is part of ufology and that's what uh that's one of the aspects i I uh, study is the storytelling aspect, and of course, uh, Keel was into that, and Valet, and uh, certainly uh, uh, a lot of other individuals have studied the storytelling of, of ufology as a mythology. Um, and you know, it, there's no, it's not um, unusual that it would uh, develop like this. That uh, you know, that it's taken on a life of its own because. Um, you know, there's no way to prove a lot of cases. You're talking about first-person accounts. It's a very personal, humanistic uh, type of phenomenon. Uh, very jealous, uh, as uh, as some people have said, that you know it, it appears to some people and not to others. Um, and a lot of people have taken on their their religiosity with this. That uh, you know they they have a lot of in, invested in this. Uh, certainly, it's been said that some abductees and contactees. Uh, you know, uh, develop their stories because of trauma in their lives, because of uh, a desire for attention, because of a desire, or uh, you know, they have some uh, low self-esteem issues and, and things like that. They're they're looking to be affirmed for some of their beliefs, and and uh, you know, when they speak at conferences with like-minded individuals, it it gives them a boost. It, it tells them that they're all right. You um, know what? We're not going to be all right if we don't break. Okay. Chris Rydkowski with Gene and KK. You're in the Bearcast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So it's a case of low self-esteem that might make some people seek recognition in the UFO field, right? Uh, that's That's been said, yeah. And uh, in, in my book, Abductions and Aliens, that's one of the theories that I talk about, that uh, it, it's more of a psychological and social phenomenon. You know, at the same time, there are cases uh, in abductions that uh, that really puzzle me that I don't see uh, connected like that. So maybe we're dealing with um, not just one simple phenomenon. Maybe there's a, a you know a continuum of experiences uh, that uh, can be looked at from a number of different angles. Maybe some are uh, you know psychological for one reason. Maybe some are religious events, uh, and maybe there is a physical phenomenon that that is manifesting 
to some people and and not to others. Uh, they're in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the at the wrong time. That you know, there's so many possibilities, and I think we still haven't studied them as rigorously as they could be. I mean, Susan Blackmore has taken a, a crack at a John Mack, of course, uh, studied Whitley Stryber. A lot of people have looked at it, but the scientific community as a whole hasn't really taken a good look at the abduction phenomenon. I think there's dozens of, of doctoral theses that need to be uh, written regarding the abduction contactee phenomenon. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it someday. Uh, whether we're talking about a real phenomenon, maybe it is an anthropological uh, <laughs> experiment of some sort. Uh, maybe there's some, some real natural phenomenon. Maybe there's a, a terrestrial phenomenon that's giving rise to it. And if it is a psychological phenomenon, I think science deserves to take a closer look at it because it's affecting more and more people and people who are, you know, in the world, uh, you know, who have jobs, perhaps trading stocks, perhaps police, perhaps educators who are in our community telling others uh, their beliefs. It's, a, it's something that I think needs to be studied uh, in, a, in great detail and whether it's real with quotation marks around it or not. Um, you know, maybe immaterial to the fact that I think science needs to take a, a closer look at this phenomenon as well as all the other aspects of the UFO phenomenon. <laughs> it's a sociologist's, uh, you know, dream world uh, if you really want to dig into it and really attempt to analyze it you know, in a scientific manner. I think the same could be said of the cattle mutilation mystery and the fact that, to my knowledge, no doctoral dissertations have ever been done looking at the at the spread of belief in that particular phenomenon back in the 70s into the 80s. What do you make, Chris, of, of these uh, millions of people that are following people like David Wilcock and David Serrata, uh, Stephen Greer, um, Alfred Weber, anything that Kerry Cassidy promotes? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. They have millions of people that are buying into this stuff. They have suspended their disbelief, whether consciously or otherwise. And and for some reason, this is, at least in my estimation, it's creating some sort of validation for maybe um, suspicions they might have or beliefs that they want to, uh, you know, adhere to and and maybe it's the you know the we're seeing the creation of a new 21st century religion but but what do you think of of all these millions of people that that are approaching this from purely a place of entertainment and fantasy uh, i mean is there any hope for the field scientifically uh with the vast preponderance of interest being very ungrounded and i don't know just uh i i i equate it as as being you know uh bf uh ignorant Bum being the first uh, word of of B and F, you can fill in the blanks. Um, I I think there's a lot of ignorance out there that's being pandered to. And there's people, you know, David Wilcock lives in this huge mansion in in Beverly Hills. Uh, They had a book on the New York Times bestseller list. What do you make of this? And and is this really the death knell of of scientific ufology? Well, first of all, I I think uh, that we should be concerned about this trend. Uh, there's no question that many people are uh, putting down good money for uh, stuff that really isn't very, uh, very useful for their lives at all. Um, I don't think it's the death of scientific ufology because we've seen the rise of uh, the Roswell Slides Group uh, and a number of others. 
I, I think that there still is some scientific ufology that, that needs to be done. I mean, Ted Phillips is doing some good work, too, uh, out there in Missouri and wherever. So there are some people doing some really good work. They're not necessarily getting the attention uh, that they deserve, but there is some being, good work being done. It is true that a lot of people are following people uh, with a lot of interesting claims and stories without anything to back them up. And I think the you know this the, over the past couple of hours we've been talking really about uh, UFOs uh, and ufology as a religion with all the uh, religious aspects to it, and I think that um, these particular uh, uh, you know views and and uh, the theories that are being proposed and and uh, the conventions and the uh, seminars and um, the contact uh, nights and so forth. They are really religious events. I mean, there's, they really aren't based in, in fact at all, but people believe them because they want to believe them. And, you know, given the unsettled nature uh, that we're in right now, it's not surprising that, that people are looking, not necessarily uh, for affirmation, although that certainly is part of it, val for affirmation and validation, but looking to the skies for some sort of salvation. Now, you know, we've messed up. Right now, uh, certain aspects of the Middle East look beyond any hope whatsoever. And, you know, if we can't solve it, somebody out there can. Maybe it's time for the aliens to finally reveal themselves through disclosure or whatnot. <laughs> and, and solve all our from, problems for us. <laughs> and see, Yeah, exactly. Save us from ourselves because we certainly have no idea how to do it. And if you look at, uh, you know, uh, conventional religion, uh, you know, some of them, the mega churches are still attracting a lot of people because they're looking at, you know, they're looking to God um, for salvation as well. That you know, only God can can solve this big mess uh, once and for all. Uh, in the fundamental religions, whether they're Middle Eastern or uh, you know elsewhere around the world, uh, you know, there's a a hope that if we appease God or turn to God, everything will will be all right. That uh, we'll be saved. You know, we'll uh, we'll enter heaven one way or another, and everything's going to be fine. So there's this this looking outward, and that's a good thing in some senses that we're looking outward to the stars, uh, so that that if there really are aliens out there, it puts us in our place that we really are just sitting on a rocky planet in the middle of nowhere on a spiral arm of a really nondescript galaxy. Uh, we're very very small in that sense. And there's a very big universe out there, and maybe there's someone out there who can save us from this. Whether it's God or an ultra-terrestrial or an extraterrestrial, that's what's driving uh, all this interest in, in uh, the, the really uh, the esoteric nature of ufology. I wonder, however, here, if when we look for E.T. to solve our problems, we're ceding responsibility to E.T. by doing that. Chris Rudkowski, would you tell our listeners where they can get more of your stuff and check it out? Well, you can go to my uh, blog, which is uforum, U-F-O-R-U-M dot blogspot dot com. My books are available on Amazon. Just uh, look for my name, Chris Rutkowski, in UFO, and you'll be able to, to see a number of my books, ranging from the Canadian UFO Report, Abductions and Aliens, to the big book of UFOs, including a kid's book, called I Saw It Too. And uh, I uh, am often on Facebook, and uh, I tweet out as Ufology Research, so uh, I'm available on social media as well. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Even when the dogs are barking, we're still there. You also can find us on Facebook. There are two, 
Paracast fan clubs. We're not going to make them one because you can't do that without killing the other. And we dare not do that. We've got all that great content up there. We also have another radio show called After the Paracast. It's available exclusively to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. Here's what you do to get your copy. You have to go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We have simple sign-up instructions. You can subscribe month to month. You can subscribe for a year. You can subscribe for five years. If you go for a year or five years, we'll send you a copy of Chris O'Brien's Stalking the Tricksters, just like the trickster you hear outside right now, or whatever that creature is. This show has really gone to the dogs. Indeed. We have a neighbor here with six dogs. And finding it very difficult to oh. keep. <laughs> Any case, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to learn more about our premium service, which includes the ad free version of this show. All that good stuff. Chris O'Brien's site is OurStrangePlanet.com. Check out OurStrangePlanet.com. He also seeks donations for this San Luis Valley camera project. Chris Rudkowski, as usual, it's been extraordinary. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. You're most welcome. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>